Hello, I'm Scott Sajdek. And I'm Evan Novi williams and you're listening to the number one overall pick of sports business podcasts, The Sportacast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. There we go. You had a little streak there where your creativity was lagging, sagging. I'm trying to be Clyde Frazier here. Nagging. (laughs) didactic prophetic (laughs) but i figured this one out you finally got a good one let's explain why you're doing this mike zadovsky pistons chief business officer is joining us you got the number one pick now i guess that's good and bad right unless you're one of these like move up in the lottery things having the number one pick is good and that you've got the top pick but bad because you got the number one pick so on the business side though i'm assuming all good it's all good no matter what. Um, it's, a, it's a good thing. Um, I think from a team standpoint, you know, this organization has always been about the team. And I think adding another key piece is what, exactly what this will do. Um, it's been great from a business standpoint. Um, I will tell you that since the lottery, we, um, we had our best week of ticket sales that week since we got Blake Griffin um, in January of 18. So the momentum started off strong and has continued uh, straight through today. All right, though. Tell me when and how do you prepare for the number one pick? Because you don't know you have it. The NBA has its lottery. So are you prepared for all scenarios? Like, oh my God, I can't believe we dropped all the way to whatever. How do you go about preparing for that that night when you just don't know where you're going to go? We were definitely prepared. Um, You know, we knew that we had an opportunity to get it. So we made sure that we had everything ready to go if and when that happened. And thankfully for us, it did. Um, there's some great video reactions of uh, <laughs> people, you know, that we've posted, that fans have posted, uh, including myself. So there's definitely that moment where you're just like, wow, it actually happened. But then we quickly went into, okay, now we prepared for this. Let's go. Now, I don't want to disparage any college players out there. No, no, I don't want to disparage anybody out there, but it's not LeBron. It's not Zion Williamson. It's not what I don't think anyway. I'm no basketball scout, a franchise altering player. What's the difference when you do have sort of an iconic person out there? And again, you're on the business side. So we just want to talk about the business implications of getting sort of those one name wonders. I, I'm going to leave the basketball stuff to Troy. But um, again, like I said before, this this franchise has always been about the team aspect. And if you look at two guys on the all-rookie team last year with you know Sadiq and Isaiah, 
Killian, who will be back this year, Jeremy Grant playing in the Olympics, adding this player to a great veteran mix already. I mean, the pathway is there for sure. And I will tell you that the market has responded and embraced it. They like how this team plays, hustling hard, diving on the floor. Like, they didn't turn it off at all last season. Obviously, we only won, you know, the number of games we won, but they were all in, and that's what that's the, our city, you know, really embraces. Can you walk us through the, the, the night and maybe the 24 hours after you guys won the lottery? Is, it, is the phone ringing immediately? Are your salespeople working through the night? What exactly does it look like on the ground from a biz op standpoint the minute you guys realize, wow, okay, we're, we're picking first the, the, the whole blank slate. It's, it, it's ours. There was that probably 30 seconds to a minute where you, you're going crazy and you're like, wow, this just actually happened. And then literally everybody ran upstairs. Um, we were in the office till two, three o'clock in the morning, you know, fielding calls or, or doing some outbound to people we've been communicating with, um, with obviously a great message and story to tell. So it was, it was exciting. And the energy just in the office was, I mean, you could feel it. And what is it? You mentioned the, the, the ticket sales, one of the biggest days you guys have had in a really long time from a sponsorship standpoint, are there, companies calling you guys or your current partners calling to, to, to ask if there's, if there's more that they can do, what does it look like on the, on the, on the revenue, the sponsorship revenue side? Yeah, I, I think we made a, a big shift last season, uh, from a sponsorship perspective, you know, bringing in a lot of, you know, new brands to the fold. Uh, and I think this is just a continuation of that. We're able to, to tell a great story. We activate in a great market, um, and now we've just extended and broadened our reach, I think, not only on the court with what's happening, but also off the court with some of the partnerships and collaborations we've done that have got recognition over the last year. Tell me some of those, because people have probably seen some top line, Martin, Big Sean, but what was the impetus? What's the thinking? And what has been the effect on the bottom line? Yeah, I mean, we wanted to really lean into the platform that the NBA affords you. So, you know, lifestyle, culture, music, and the city of Detroit has given us a tremendous canvas to utilize, um, but it's all rooted in authenticity. So if you look at Big Sean, obviously, you know, he's from the city of Detroit, grew up a Pistons fan, and was, was really excited about the opportunity to be a part of the mix. Martin, the show was set in the city of Detroit. Um, you know, we did something with Born and Raised, their first collaboration outside of, of the uh, LA market. So, you know, leaning into all of these authentic connection pieces, and we've got a couple more in the, in the chamber for this year. No, no, no. Let's go. What do you got? I mean, if I, if I, if I close my eyes and somebody says, we're playing Family Feud, okay? Top five answers on the board. I guess that would be Steve Harvey these days. I'm so old, I was going to say Richard Dawson, right? I'll probably plant a kiss on him. So, Steve Harvey, top five answers on the board. People you think of when you hear Detroit. I hit my buzzer. You say, I'm going to have to leave you with a cliffhanger until we get towards the season. Um, but we'll definitely come back to you. There, there's some really cool ones we're working on for the upcoming year. Again, all rooted in the city of Detroit uh, that can kind of continue this storytelling that we've been doing. I, I heard Eben, you know, I, w I would say Eminem, 
If I you think Detroit, I think Eminem. I had a feeling you were going. Yeah, there. I'm Eminem on Detroit. Who are you? Who's your number? Who's if I? All right, we're playing. You know, let's say it comes up number two. Who you're topping? Uh, Detroit, you he's definitely high up there. I mean, Barry Sanders <laughs> to a degree. I mean, I, I think of a lot of athletes as well. And Mike, if you can't talk about the new ones, I mean, let's talk about Big Sean for a second. He, he, I think you guys named him Creative Director of Innovation. It's a cool title for people who don't know. He's a, a very popular uh, rapper, hip hop star. Um, give us a sense of actually what his, how hands on he is, and what he's actually doing in collaboration with you guys. He has been tremendous to work with. You know, I've had the opportunity to work on a couple of these similar type things in my career, but he is truly all in. Um, we worked with him on a jersey design that will come out for our City Edition jersey um, for not this season, the following. He was so into it, so prepared. He came with notes. He was you know, in the mix on every conversation we were having and is really authentically leaned in. Like I said, he, you know, he grew up with the team, fan of the team, um, and it was a great opportunity for him to kind of have impact on the next generation of, of fans. We talk a lot on this show about athletes as kind of their own marketing platforms and own media companies to a degree. I mean, Big Sean has 14 million Twitter followers. He has 13 million Instagram followers. How much does it help you guys just from a, you know, just, just from another platform standpoint to have someone with that much of a reach and, and a reach that I'm sure overlaps pretty significantly with, with basketball fans in the area, but probably not perfectly overlaps, uh, just to have kind of another platform to, to, to get the, 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 the Pistons message out. It's huge for us. And it's a big part of our strategy, just influencers in general. Um, we want to give people a lot of different reasons to be a fan of the team. That could be because you like how we play. That could be because you like our merchandise. That could be, you know, because you like some of the people we're associated with. The, the wider net we can cast and pull people into the ecosystem, the better. And I think some of them, influencers that we've worked with this past year, Big Sean obviously being a big part of that, allows us to cast a much wider net. Well, I know you're ready for the hard one. You may not want to answer, but we'll have some fun. Sure. Mark Lassery, one of the owners of the Milwaukee Bucks, was on earlier in the week, and we were talking about private equity owners, that new breed of owner in the NBA. He said a very simple edict for his biz ops folks, double revenue, cut expenses, right? I mean, it's really simple. It's a nice <laughs> private equity way. Tom Easy. Gores, Platinum Equity, owner of the Detroit Pistons, says to you, I want what X in revenue? Right? Does he doesn't care how you get there? But what what's the Tom Gore's mandate for revenue from the Pistons? I, I think, you know, in coming in here, it was let's run a solid business and look to grow it year over year. Uh, I think year one under the belt, we've definitely done that, um, and we'll continue to do it going forward. Was that a good enough answer? No, there was no answer. Go ahead. There was, no, there was not a good enough answer. Give me some metrics. I mean, what Mark Lassery told us when, when he took over the Bucks, they were last in everything. That's what he goes, we were last in everything. Give me, give, where were you? Where are you? And what do you think the trajectory is? And how do you get there? I, I will say we've made significant improvement in a couple areas over the last year. Our sponsorship business has grown significantly. We're up about between 20 and 30% year over year. Our merchandising business was up 250% year over year. Obviously, we weren't really in the ticket game last year because that business, you know, wasn't happening. But I think you'll, you'll, it's safe to say you'll see growth in that space as well. And I think the sponsorship and merchandising will grow again this year. So again, when you compound that, um, and again, it was just a, 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 a change in strategy, looking to work with some, some great partners, bigger brands, um, the merchandising side, just leaning into the influencers like Big Sean and others to create these unique collaborations that again, just at the end of the day, fuel the brand. 
can you just give me an idea of the elevator pitch to a sponsor? They want more ROI. It used to be okay, you get a sign, you get your name, you get, you get a suite. It's not enough anymore. They, they want to know, they want a measurable ROI for the dollars they're giving you. What's the pitch and what, what can they see from that affiliation now? I think there's a great opportunity to get in on the ground floor with us as, as this team is on the rise. Um, you know, our whole marketing campaign last year was D up and it was all the storytelling around the continued rise of the city of Detroit in tandem, obviously with the team doing the same. And we really leaned into storytelling around small business, the artists, the musicians that make up the city of Detroit. So if you truly want to activate and be authentic and lean in, there's a great opportunity to do so. I think what you'll see, and again, I'll leave you with another cliffhanger, but I'll come back to you first. Um, we have a couple new partners that we'll announce um, in the next coming weeks, some of which is their first foray in the sponsorship space. So really leaning into, again, the platform that we've developed and created rooted in authenticity in the city of Detroit, but with a megaphone that can tell that outside of just that market. Did I sell you? I'll say this. I'm open to a second meeting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not whipping out my credit card, but I'm open to a second meeting. How about you? I mean, the Detroit Pistons sponsored by Sportico. I love it. Um, <laughs> I was. Uh, let's talk about sports betting for a second. A, a category when you talk about the, the 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 sponsorship jump that you guys are seeing. I imagine uh, the fact that you guys have a new a couple new deals, DraftKings, FanDuel, uh, in place um, moving forward, or is part of that. Uh, how much has that industry changed your? business, right? It's, it's a category that essentially didn't exist four years ago anywhere in the U.S. except for in Nevada. And now all of a sudden there's tons of sports books. They're spending a lot of money to partner with leagues, to partner with teams, with arenas, et cetera. Um, how often does that happen that a, that a category just essentially comes out of nowhere and, and becomes a pretty big item for you? Well, I think uh, trading back to my days when I was with the Nets, you know, we were able to bring FanDuel in originally um, when it was just fantasy, fantasy and seeing the impact that that had. Obviously, now here in Michigan, it's exploded, obviously, with sports betting uh, on the landscape. For us going into it, yes, I mean, there was great financial benefit for sure, but it was for us, we looked at it as a different way that we could reach fans and activate creating unique experiences, really leaning into different opportunities. Um, you know, you'll see some things that we've done over the past year with FanDuel. There's a couple more upcoming with DraftKings, um, you know, around the draft. So, you know, again, using it as a vehicle really to engage fans and provide experiences. One thing, one thing you guys did differently than a number of teams, and you kind of touched on it right there, we've seen a lot of teams and leagues do big, exclusive deals. They find one partner, they want to get in bed with that partner and that becomes the thing. You guys went non-exclusive and you, you know, signed deals with the two biggest mobile sports books in the country, DraftKings and FanDuel. What was the motivation and how did you think about that decision? Either finding one single partner to go full in with them as opposed to finding multiple ones that you could maybe do different types of things with. Yeah, again, we look to cast a wide net, right? No different than with our influencer strategy. How do we how do we pull in and reach the most fans and activate in an authentic way? And I think by partnering with with them, it allowed us to do that, right? It allowed us to do more act activations with fans, it allowed us to do more experiences, and I think you'll see that continued, particularly as we get back to fans in the building. Um, you'll see more and more of that activation come to life. 
We are chatting with Mike Zavodsky, Pistons Chief Business Officer, looking forward to getting the number one or two or 12 pick, <laughs> hoping for number one in Detroit. See, Evans too young. You probably weren't even there either, but back in the day when the Pistons were in the finals and winning championships, media would love to go there because we just go across the bridge, right? There was your entertainment. So you had, you had your casinos and things right across the bridge. That was like the media entertainment. Now you guys are all spoiled. Just whip out your phone and it's like, oh, making bets from wherever you want. I mean, you just don't know what it was like in the old school. But my question I have is about data because you better know who your customers are. You better know who your customers aren't. What do they want? What are their likes? What are their tendencies? How have you overhauled that the system of, of data uh, surrounding business operations. So we've expanded our business intelligence team, that's what we call our data and analytics team, to really focus in much more heavily on that space. Um, you know, understanding what do fans want, what motivates them. Like I know a big driver for them is the entertainment experience when they come to the building. So how are we giving them more of that? Um, and just getting smarter about where we target, when we target, how, um, understanding people's tendencies. We even recalibrated a little bit of our email outreach this year to be a, much more customized from a content perspective. And we saw our open rate go up eight, per, uh, eight times. So again, just getting smarter with how we communicate um, so we can be much more integrated into someone's normal way that they like to consume us. What's normal on the resume of somebody who sends you an application. Uh, is it McKinsey? Is it data analytics? Uh, it used to be sport management, right? The catch-all sport management. You know, the, the business has changed greatly. What do you look for in sort of your underlings and who can help you reshape the business? I think an important thing for us is culture and who's the right fit for our organization. Um, first and foremost, that's, that's the first thing that we look at um, when we're interviewing people. I guess to answer your question more specifically, when it gets to, depends on what department. Um, if I'm looking at, you know, sponsorship or ticket sellers, um, uh, I'm, I'm more concerned about who's the person and are they a really motivated individual that wants to come in and, and obviously drive the bottom line for us. Um, if it's a data and analytics position, I'm much more focused on, okay, where have they been before? What's their skill set, And how does that line up with where we need to go and where the business is headed? You know, some of the hires we've recently made in that space were much more around ticket analytics as that business continues to evolve. So just, again, making sure we're ahead of the curve. Eben has heard me say this a million times. Let me know if you're tired of it yet, Eben. It's fine. You can just shake I your am. head and let me know. I can you tell you before you world say now. it. Yeah. Yeah, I know. yeah. It's not a David Stern, Tim, David Stern, Tim Bhutan story. Don't worry. But... I would say if I got blindfolded and dropped into every arena in North America, I wouldn't know where I was. But you hear people, oh, this place is so loud. This is the loudest. Whether it's MSG, whether it's Barclays that you're familiar with, whether it's Detroit, whether it's you know, LA, I don't know where I am. One arena to me that I recently experienced stood out, and that was T-Mobile in Vegas. And the difference was the audio. I actually, it was almost like a video game chair. I felt the vibration when they, I think when they wanted me to feel it. You talked about game presentation. How are you differentiating game presentation for your fans to make it? You can't guarantee wins and losses, but you can guarantee fun. How are you guaranteeing fun in game presentation? You know, first and foremost, we look at it as 
the stage, right? And and the players in the game will always be the focus of of what's happening. And it should be. People are coming for a basketball game. However, uh, to your point, some of the peripheral entertainment that we can provide, we're doing something that'll come out in a couple of weeks um, called uh, the Talent Search. It's D D E T Talent. We're looking for anybody who can come out, perform, act, sing, etc. We want them to be a part of what our game entertainment experience is. We did some of it last year. You know, we had Big Sean's DJ Mo Beats come out um, and do a couple surprise performances. You know, we had different musicians and artists that are linked to the city come out and perform, even though it was during COVID. So I think now as we head into next season, we're going to double down in that space. The entertainment experience and the thing that I heard the most from last season from people that came to games was I felt like I was in Detroit for this experience. Like it was authentic to who the city of Detroit is, not just like plug and play into a different city. And I think that's important, you know, for our home fan base, but also for people that are coming in from out of town that they can come in and experience what Detroit as a city is all about. Don't try and sell me on Red Panda as being from Royal Oak either. I'm not, I'm not buying it. (laughs) Mike, how how much of, of what you just described gets enhanced when your building is downtown. There was, you know, for so long, teams were building arenas, stadiums outside of their cities. You guys played in one for a very long time in Auburn Hills. Uh, and then a couple of years ago, moved back down to downtown Detroit next to where the baseball stadium is. Um, how, how much does being kind of central for, you know, out-of-towners like you're talking about, but also for kind of the heartbeat of the city to a degree, how much does that get enhanced or get easier when you're in the middle of the city as opposed to being 20 or 30 minutes outside? It, it doesn't become just appointment viewing because if you're out and about in the city, whether you're going out to eat or you're just, you know, checking out a museum or whatever it is, getting off of work, you can very easily just go over to the game. Um, you know, you don't have to be... 40 minutes away and, you know, make it a point of destination. So I think, you know, you're always on then, right? There's always people that are going to be coming in. There's always great throughput. And I think the downtown corridor that's been created with all the entertainment facilities is tremendous. I mean, there's always something happening. There's always something going on and we just want to feed into that. And again, you guys touched on it before, but it comes back to the experience. Um, And we're always trying to reinvent what does that look like? So one of the things that we just announced was our new courtside club. Um, we took a, a seating section that was behind the basket. We relocated our season ticket holders to the opposite side, and we built out this experiential space that if you're a courtside ticket holder, you can go in the space, grab a drink, grab some live food, and not be displaced while you're watching the game live so you don't have to go underneath Um And we think, again, enhancements like that just create a much better experience for people when they're coming out. I I think it's a great idea. Not sucking up because you're here and saying it. I I think somebody has to shake up the in-arena experience somehow. I want a standing room only section for the NBA, almost like the Duke students. Give me the people like the passionate soccer fans who, you know, those supporters. Give me that in the NBA. It happens in the international competitions, although I'll never forget the Turkish fans at, at the World Championships in Indy had the section that it was insane, the jumping up and down, buzzers, whatever. I mean, it really was unforgettable. And Eben, I don't even know if you know this. I told Mike, you know that the Soshniks do have a role in Detroit sports, right? I did have know you this. Heard this. Yeah. The the the, the Sosniks, okay. right? Cousin, cousin the Bob was yeah. <laughs> without the H Sosnik. Bob Sosnik was a partner with Bill Davidson on the on the palace, helped build the palace, right. So, you know, at the time, good moving out to the suburbs, but I think you're right. 
going back downtown. All right, Mike, let's close out with this. The ping pong balls work the way you want them to. Number one comes up. You, you know, Pistons get the number one pick. Tell me as a Pistons fan or as a possible Pistons fan and supporter, what am I about to get hit with? An enhancement to the team, a new addition to the team, building off of the great foundation that Troy laid for us last season. Um, and when you come out, you're going to be entertained on the court, off the court with our new Cura Courtside Club. Um, if you're a courtside ticket holder with the entertainment experience we're going to provide with people from the city of Detroit, I think you're going to have an awesome time. And, you know, you mentioned your credit card before. I'll take it at any time for the tickets when you want to come out for a game this year. Just let me know. I like it. So you didn't offer the freebie. You said, I love it. I, you know, one, we can't take it. But two, you said, I'll take your card anytime. I love it. Perfect. He is Mike Zavadsky. He is Edmund Novi Williams on the Twitter at Novi underscore Williams. I am Scott Soshnick on the Twitter at Soshnick. Our social media editor is Cora Veltman, who likes me to remind you that you can find the show at Sportacast, which is the hub of what will soon become the Sportico Podcast Network. <laughs>